1: Free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert.
2: We got to start today's show off with a quick quote. This was from Jabari Smith on SEC network right after Auburn took down Vandy. He said, quote, I was just shaking my head, feeling sorry for them because there was nothing they could do at the time. This is Locked On
0: Auburn. Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken parm, and I am
1: freaking ready to rock and roll.
0: You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, the publisher at auburndaily.com. And I want to tell you, what we got to see last night was special. The Auburn Tigers took down the Vanderbilt Commodores 94-80. to 80. And I said it all week, I don't think Vanderbilt's a good team. They may be a tad better than their record, and they talked about that a little bit in the broadcast. But what was special last night was what Auburn fans got to see on their home floor. Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler, they've been incredible all season. But what we saw last night was a one-two punch that proves that they are probably the best one-two punch in all of college basketball. Jabari Smith, this will be remembered unless he does some other crazy stuff, which he'll have the opportunity to. But last night may be known as a, the, the Jabari Smith game in Auburn lore moving forward. Because let's face it, we don't have a whole lot of games left with him in an Auburn uniform. He broke 30 for the first time in his Auburn career, scored 31 points on the night. He was 10 of 16 from the floor. 7 of 10 from behind the arc. The one flaw in his game was the free throws. 4 of 7 from the charity stripe. But... I mean, it's like he made the decision early to to be aggressive and dominant, and he was exactly that. And you almost kind of got to wonder, was this part of the plan? Was Bruce Pearl kind of looking at the situation saying, okay, if this is a national championship team, you know, you, you, do, you, do you sit Jabari down and say, look, you've got great pieces around you, but you're going to be the one that needs to drive the ship to get us there? And it could be. And maybe that's kind of what we saw the start of. Maybe we saw the ascension of Jabari Smith begin last night. Uh, his wingman, Walker Kessler, 22 points, 8 of 10 from the floor. He's always incredibly efficient. He shot one three-point attempt. He did not make it. He was 6 of 7 from his um, his time at the charity stripe. It's just seven rebounds for Walker and let me, let me see how many blocks he had. I, I thought I had that ready. I apologize. Seven blocks. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable for performance for him as well. Wendell Green quietly almost got a triple-double. 12 points. Uh, non-efficient shooting. Three of 10. You don't love that. You do, you're okay with two of five from uh, behind the arc and four of four from uh, for, on, from free throws. Uh, but seven rebounds and nine assists. I mean, this guy was uh, was three rebounds and an assist away from a triple-double, which is... Crazy, which is absolutely crazy. And I don't think, yeah, he played a little bit more than I thought. 31 minutes, but still, I mean, just uh, the way this game started with Vanderbilt jumping up early. Well, it was like 11 nothing, just a few minutes into it. And look, I think everybody watching that game, it's like, okay, it's cool that Vanderbilt is shooting lights out right now, but this isn't going to last. It's not going to stick. And it didn't. And, you know, Auburn, they won by 14 Which Vegas nailed it. They always do. But everyone knew that Auburn was going to blow this team out of the water when it was all said and done. Or at least I did. You know, this has never felt concerning to me because Vanderbilt can't do that for a full forty minutes. And that's what that's what's so great about this Auburn basketball team is with the depth and the way they play. They like to run and they like to be physical. They just wear you down, man. And Vanderbilt couldn't hang. They couldn't hang. And the only teams that have been able to hang with them are UConn, Arkansas, and interestingly enough, Georgia, you know, a few Saturdays ago. So this team is getting it going, and um, they're going to expose teams that don't play a lot of dudes. Um, Scotty Pippen Jr. for Vanderbilt, that guy was awesome. That guy was great. 29 points, um, 7 of 8 from the floor in his 36 minutes. I mean, he was, he is that team. And there were a lot of NBA scouts in attendance. That was kind of some of the buzz on uh, Auburn Twitter before the game started. Obviously, here to see Jabari, you kind of wonder how much they're looking at Walker Kessler as well. But, I mean, props to Scottie Pippen Jr., man. That guy was electric. Very, very fun to watch. So, um, props to him for giving it his all. But, uh, I mean, going back to, you know, just the one-two punch thing between Jabari and Kessler... These guys can win Auburn a national championship. Think about that. I looked at my wife when, you know, they were going on their run, you know, halfway through the second half. It's like, this team could do it. This team has what it takes. They just need a few things to fall their way as any champion of March Madness does. They can do this. But still, you know, this Auburn team, I firmly believe they have not peaked yet. And they've got, you know, what, five games left? They don't have a whole lot of time left in conference play to start peaking. They need to do it. They need to start getting there. And perhaps they will uh, be on their way to doing that. Because the big issue with this team is uh, three-point attempts, and they nailed it last night. They were 11 of 22 from behind the arc. You'll take that. You win a national championship shooting those kind of numbers from three. But still some turnovers that were just not necessary. 17? That's too many, especially with the, you know, the the quality of guards that Auburn has. And I know Wendell's a little bit different because, you know, Bruce wants him to play uh, fearless. Uh, But still, it's just, that's a little too much for me. And some of that was later in the game. You could tell when they were up 20, they kind of mailed it in. And the refs were kind of doing their thing where, you know, please look at us. We're important. But those are the two things. And maybe they answered some of those things as far as shooting from three. Last night. Maybe that's part of the ascension there as well. So Auburn fans should feel really, really good about what's about to happen. So now you look ahead, you go to Gainesville, you take on the Florida Gators, a team that did not, they haven't looked good the last three or four games that they've played. One of those was Kentucky and they had their moments. They had about a 10-minute stretch where it looked competitive in the first half and in the second half, Kentucky ran away with it. But um, that's a big one. That's a big one as far as locking down, you know, that number one overall seed, which Auburn is still very much in contention for. But as far as the number one seed in SEC play, uh, Kentucky losing to Tennessee was very favorable for the Tigers. So now it's almost you look at how things could fall over the last few weeks. That Auburn at Tennessee game is going to be extremely important because now Tennessee's in a situation where they're within striking distance if Auburn trips up, but then they get an opportunity to, you know, make up for it by giving Auburn a loss and picking up another SEC win um, in Knoxville. So obviously that one's going to be crucial. That's going to be one that they really, really want. A top two team in the country going on the road in SEC play. The storylines between Auburn and Tennessee. The storyline, obviously, with Bruce Pearl. There's going to be a lot going on there. So that's definitely one to look at. But I think Tennessee still has to play um, the Arkansas Razorbacks, which is obviously something that has been tough for teams to go to. Okay, they play their Saturday. They play Saturday. And so that's going to be something where it's like, all right, Auburn fans are probably pulling for Arkansas, even though, you know, you heard Zep's comments earlier in the week when Zep Jasper came on the show. Auburn fans not super happy with Arkansas right now for, you know, rightfully so, but you probably need them to win on Saturday to, to help clinch things a little bit earlier, both the one seed and obviously the SEC championship. So this is fun. This is a fun team to watch. And guys, they are so, so close to pulling off a lot of really, really cool things. So um, yeah, there's that. There is that. Hey, tomorrow on the show, I'm actually uh, scheduled to chat. Haven't recorded it yet, but scheduled to chat with... Richard, who hosts um, our Locked On NBA Draft show. I want to get his thoughts on Jabari, obviously. I want to get his thoughts on Walker Kessler. And also Alan Flanagan, who has not been playing well. He did not look great last night either. Um, could this be a blessing in skies for Auburn? Maybe they get him for another year. It's not good for Alan, but it'd be good for Auburn. So we'll see. We'll see what he says. But On today's show, in just a moment, we will be joined by Jake Crane, host of the J-Boy Show. We'll talk a little Auburn football gearing up for spring. Also want to get his thoughts on the Harson situation. And um, I got a feeling he's going to tear into how that was handled. So all that and more coming up right here on Locked On Auburn. But hey, football's over. But college basketball is here, obviously. Professional basketball is here. It's a good time to check out everything going on at Online net from the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fire coach is going to land. BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. The line in Vegas in several places closed at 14. They absolutely nailed it, but I think if you could jump on it early in the day yesterday, you could have gotten it at 13 and a half, but BetOnline is the best spot for all of your betting needs, so be sure to go and check them out. BetOnline, where the game starts. Now here on Locked On Auburn, I am pleased to bring in Jake Crane of the J-Boy Show. Jake, what do you make of all of this mess happening uh, at Auburn? I mean, it, it seems like it's over. It seems like all the Brian Harson stuff has kind of been put to rest for a little bit. But while we were kind of in the middle of it, what were your thoughts?
0: Oh, well, Zach, I appreciate you having me on, brother. Of course. It's good to talk to you. Uh, you know, for me, and, and look, it, you know anybody that's kept up with Auburn knows how Auburn is. What what I don't understand is is the optics of it. What, what I don't understand is, you know, basically dragging Brian Harson through through the mud really in reality for nothing. To me, yeah. To me, th- th- it was it was a binary choice. Honestly, one, you either don't think he can do it. And you buy him out of what you owe him, the whole thing. That that's one choice. The second one was because you know you don't have cause. You know that, right? You know it didn't take you know Sherlock Holmes or or somebody coming down the mystery in the Orient Express to figure that out. And you know you don't have cause, so the second choice was you just leave him alone and give him a couple years, right? Like I, I think this was made to be much more confusing. And it was done in such a roundabout way. It was secretly done in the public. That's the best way to describe it, uh, which. Fair. It, yeah. was, it was stupid. And it's, it's, and you did all of that. You did all that damage for nothing, for nothing. And it was played out in the public eye. It, it was just so poorly handled, whichever side you were on. If you're, if you were one of the people backing it that, that has the money, we all know the banker makes the decisions. But if you were going to get rid of him, why did you think that you could lowball him? And he'd be like, oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, I'll take six million less. Yeah, I mean, what about
2: Brian Harson has led you to think that he would agree to do that? Like, what about uh, that man think that that was an option?
0: Somebody got some horrible advice. Whoever the PR person or the communication is for, for the Geppettos of Auburn, you know, pulling the strings online, is horrible at their job, is just absolutely horrible at their job. Uh, and it it just, you know, some people, I guess, don't know how to read the room, uh, but it was just it was so poorly handled uh, and and it it could have been done either way, what you believe uh, handled a lot better. So it just it was ugly. Now, the thing is, the damage to me is done. So if Brian Harsin succeeds and, and, and does very well over the next two years, what's going to keep him from wanting to bolt somewhere else after all this? But mm-hmm. like, what could you really blame him? And if he doesn't do well, then you know they're going to fire him anyway. So I, I don't, I don't understand. Right, Jake. Uh, a
2: storyline and a narrative that has emerged amongst you know the happenings of all this was qu- folks questioning Brian Harson's track record when it came to the ability to recruit. Where do you stand on all of that?
0: Well, the proof's in the pudding to me. Um, you know, we're going to see. It, it's hard for me to hold the first class against him. And it wasn't like it was a horrible class, but you didn't you didn't supplement yourself on the offensive line with high school players. That, that that's, that's what worries you the most. But, you know, it's about relationships on the high school side. It, it's about forming relationships. A lot of these co- – Auburn hasn't had a lot of stability, you know, uh, is, since he's gotten here. But you look around him, Georgia's had stability. Bama's had stability. A&M's had stability so you know if, if you're recruiting a kid this relationship is built over two to three years not swooping in in December or January of their senior year and trying to, to get them to flip or trying to get them to commit to you so I think the jury's still out yeah. we'll know a lot more on this 2023 class but the sad part is a lot of damage has been done to that class because there will be negative recruiting for what's happened at Auburn over the past couple months. What is
2: it about Auburn's inability to to get offensive linemen? I mean, you talk to these kids, you talk to folks on coaching staffs all throughout uh, the country. What do they say? I mean, this has to be something that's talked about throughout the conference, the fact that Auburn can't get high school offensive linemen.
0: Yeah, well, you know, look, there's a lot less quality high school offensive linemen out there than there are receivers, true, running backs, and DBs, and stuff like that. So it's a little bit of a smaller pool. Mm-hmm. And if you look, The Alabamas and Georgias and Ohio States and, and, you know, six to eight other schools have had a monopoly on on, uh, all of them. But, you know, every circumstance in recruiting is different. It's hard to group every kid's recruitment into one. When you try and generalize, it it doesn't make sense because kids are in different situations. You know, you have some kids that are legacies of places. You have some kids that, you know, uh, may not fit the system you're running as well, or, or you may not have relationships with them. But Auburn has just, you know, struck struck out a lot. I mean, that's what you have to, that's what you have to, you know, when you look at a pattern over time, that's what you have to mark it up as, as Auburn hasn't done a good job of closing offensive linemen and and from the high school ranks. So I do think you got to give Will Friend a little more time. I'm more worried about them striking out in the portal than anything because those relationships are formed a lot quicker over a lot less time than the relationships of a high school player.
2: Jake Crane of The J-Boy Show. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. Jake, how can folks listen to your show? You're everywhere. Um, Yeah, kind of fill folks in who are unfamiliar with you, uh, how they can uh, check you out.
0: Yeah, well, we were with Colin Cowherd in the volume uh, as up to recently, and we're moving to an even bigger platform. Really excited to announce that. I think we're going to announce that the first week of March. Uh, But you can find us on YouTube at the J-Boy Show YouTube channel. You'll see the Win the Water Cooler. Uh, symbol, uh, go ahead and subscribe to that. And we're on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It's really easy to find us, the J Boy Show. It's in black and red lettering. But we got a huge announcement coming up uh, in a couple of weeks that I'm really excited about.
2: Absolutely, you're doing an outstanding job, brother. Keep up, uh, keep up the good work. You mentioned uh, you mentioned some stuff about you know the the transfer portal. How active do you expect Brian Harson and his coaching staff to be once spring is all done? Because you got to assume Auburn's going to lose some dudes to the portal, much like everyone throughout all of college football but you got to think they're still going to be looking at wide receiver and offensive
0: line, right? Yeah, they have to be. I mean, it's, it's the new wave. You have to, I mean, even look at Clemson. Uh, I mean they're a team that didn't take Juco kids or or transfers. And now, you know, the market bears that you have to participate in this. So I think Auburn's going to continue to be active because I mean, they got more holes than a Shia LaBeouf movie right now on that roster. So they've got to find a way to supplement that. You look at offensive line, you look at wide receiver, I'm still not sold on the quarterback position. Uh, defensively, you know, looking at DB and, and places like that, they're going to have to be uh, – It's you can't teach experience. That That's one advantage that kids have coming from the portal. Uh, they know what it's like to play at this level. They understand the grind and the commitment. They understand of having to go to class and balance that with workouts and practice and film study. Uh, so Auburn's going to have to be really, really active in the portal if they're going to have a chance to keep up and compete next year. You, are you buying the whole JT Daniels to Auburn talk? You know, I, I haven't heard anything from the people that I trust about it. Okay. Um, you know, do I think it'd be a good move? Yes. I don't believe in Zach Calzada. I don't believe in Robbie Ashford. I don't believe in TJ Finley. I think the best quarterback they're going to have from a pure talent and ability standpoint is Holden garner the quarterback coming out of high school. And you never want to put outside if he's just 100% alien or witch. Uh, yeah, a high school kid right into the fire in the SEC, especially the SEC West. No D. Davis, uh, so I, Jake? Say it again? No D. Davis? I've got to see in that system, because D. Davis is the type of player where running what Brian Harson wants to run. If you look at the quarterbacks that Brian Harsin has is, is brought in, it's a lot more pro style. Right. I think for a guy like D. Davis, you have to play to his strengths. Are you going to be willing to be malleable enough to and and look they don't even have an offensive coordinator right now so maybe putting the cart before the horse i think d davis is a kid with a lot of ability but i think the system has to match his ability and the way he operates is a quick you know 180 from the way every other quarterback on auburn's roster uh, operates so are you willing to go all in and change your offense and put the other 90% of the quarterback room in a system that isn't really conducive to them because d davis is that legit? He might be, but what happens if he were to get hurt? That, that's the conundrum that you find yourself in. Do you
2: think as a coach, and this is just a general question, obviously, you know, Harson will have to deal with this in his own way as well, but do you have to, like, even if it's not true, even if it's not genuine, do you think you have to, like, appear that you're giving more guys that are possibly in the two-deep or three-deep opportunity in the spring just in hopes that they'll stick around?
0: I, I don't think you you sacrifice reps for feelings. Okay. You, you've got to do what's best to put the team in the best position to win. I mean, this isn't high school. Uh, and a lot of high schools don't even operate that way. This isn't a, you know, well, I'm just here to make you happy regardless if it's what's best for the team. Because every rep, you don't get that rep back. Whether yeah. it's in the spring, whether it's in fall camp, whether it's in bowl practice, every every rep matters. I don't care if you're Auburn. I don't care if you're Weber State or if you're, you know, Hewitt Trustful High School. Every rep matters. And it's your job to put the team in the best position to win. What's the best way to do that? Give the reps to the people that are going to have a chance, and the players that are going to have an ability to to play. So you build chemistry throughout the roster.
2: What is the position group Auburn fans should be most concerned about with the Tigers?
0: I think it's offensive line. Yeah. Uh, because again, you know the game's won and lost up front. Auburn should be fine on the defensive line, especially with keeping Wooten. Uh wouldn't that, that was a really good, you know, save there by Brian Harson. Right. Uh, you know, it's tough to have to re-recruit your own players, but in the age of the transfer portal, it's just kind of how it is. It's the offensive line. Cause if if you're not able to have a consistent ground game, what hurt Auburn last year a bunch? Not being able to line up and run it against the teams you have to line up and be able to run it against. Because you have to be balanced offensively. If you can't run it, you have to lean too much on the pass. Look at the wide receiver group. If you can't pass protect, then you, you're not able to run the ball, you're not gonna be able to move the ball on offense. Right. So Auburn found that you know found that out last year against you know the Alabamas and the Georgias and and you know some other teams like that. Not being balanced on Auburn kicks you off the beam. The offensive line has to get fixed. You'll hear people say, "Oh, well they're returning a lot of players." Well, if I have a car that doesn't work in 2021, just because it's January 1st of 2022, it doesn't just magically work. It's not a transformer. It's not a, tra- a little Optimus
2: Prime at left guard. Wouldn't that be nice?
0: Yeah, 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 that'd be pretty good.
2: Yeah, I think it'd be cool. It'd be very big. Um, but yeah, I, I'm there with you. And in this world of college football where you essentially have free agency now, there are a lot of positions where I think you can go out to the portal and, and get dudes and totally change a position group. But offensive line is really the main one where that's not a possibility, sadly for Auburn.
0: Yeah, well, look, it's the same thing I was saying earlier about the high school pool of offensive linemen. Yeah. I, I mean, you look in the transfer portal, offensive linemen that can help are, are, are like gold. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're literally like gold. Everybody's going to be after them because everybody's always trying to boost the offensive line. At least 95, 99% of teams are always trying to boost the offensive line. So you have the, a less amount of, of, of offensive linemen in the portal that are quality. And the ones that are in there, they're going to be hunted by everybody. So... Uh, you, you find that same problem, you know, recruiting in high school as you do in the transfer portal and those are the battles you got to win uh, and and Auburn hasn't been winning them and they've got to or they're not going to be able to, to get this shit patched up after hitting the iceberg.
2: We've been talking about the receiving situation um, for the last week or so on the show and Shedrick Jackson's a guy where it's like, okay, you know, I, I, you look at his numbers and like maybe he's a little bit better than people think when given opportunity, you know, especially when he's running to the inside of the field but, something I said, Jake, all last year was like, I think Auburn has plenty of decent receivers. It was just, uh, you know, they're all number two guys. They needed that number one dude. And I think you look at the roster this year, going into this year in 2022, it's still the same situation. I think you make the case that there's a lot of really good number two wide receivers. They just need to go out and find that number one guy, which is so hard to do at this point of, you know, the process of, you know, roster management.
0: Yeah. Well, well, it's kind of a twofold thing. You know, when you have that dog at receiver, it, it's a two for one because you've got a great player. You know that, but they have to almost double him on multiple occasions. They, they have to, you know how they're going to play you because you have that guy. Therefore it opens up other opportunities for guys to ball. Uh, you know, you look at the T Higgins and Jamar chase is a great example. Mm. You know, Jamar chase is a dog. Well, if, you know that, they they know you know that, so they can build a game plan to take advantage of you where you have to play short because they know who you have to double. When you don't have guys like that, they can play it even. And it, when they're able to, to play you even, it, it takes down the possibility of big plays from other people. So I agree, I agree with you 100%, Zach. And on Shedrick Jackson, look, man, you've been at Auburn for 10 years, dog. <laughs> you've been at Auburn for 10 years, and you still haven't done it. I don't believe in you until you do it. Because preseason stuff and all this stuff is great. You've been here for 10 years. That's great. But if you haven't been able to do it in 10 years, why the hell would I think you're going to be able to do it in the 11th?
2: Yeah, I think I actually saw some pictures of him from his freshman year, and he was playing with his uncle, Bo Jackson, if I recall correctly.
0: Yeah, it was. That was during, uh, I think, the the uh, the Carter administration.
2: <laughs> Crazy. Hey, man, give us uh, give us a rundown one more time of how folks can check out everything you got going on, man.
0: Yeah, Zach. Uh, you can find us on the J-Boy Show YouTube channel. Uh, look up the J-Boy Show on Apple Podcast, Spotify. Talking a ton of college basketball right now, including Auburn. Uh, that, you know, Bruce Pearl. You know, hell, let him coach both sports at this point. Yeah, I really mean, cool. you know, who, who knows? Yeah,
2: absolutely. That is Jake Crane with the J-Boy Show. And be sure to follow him so you can check out what his big announcement is coming up. We'll be back tomorrow right here on Locked on Auburn.